Hello, and welcome to the Unveiling Your Creative Superpowers podcast. We are your hosts, Emily Lewin and Sarah Bryan. Hello. Hello. This is episode seven of season one. And in this episode, we're going to discuss creative leadership, walking in power to change the world, which is the fifth stage in the creative superhero journey. This is the stage where you've reached a point of excellence and leadership in your craft, and you begin investing in the community of creatives around you. is a collection of playful, practical resources to help you light up your creativity. We help people engage with their creative journeys through group courses, workshops, conferences, and now this podcast. In the last episode, we talked about rising to the occasion, the stage where you take big opportunities and big risks with your creative expression. This stage shows you how powerful you really are and allows your work to be seen by a wider audience. Take the deal! leadership, you have matured in your creativity to the point that you can begin empowering other creative superheroes in their journeys. What I love about creative leaders is that they use their platform and their place of strength to raise other people up to their level or sometimes higher. They're the ones who have blazed the trail and they get to help others travel down it well. I think of creative leaders as people who have climbed up to the top of their mountain or even just a high place on their mountain, and they look down from their vantage point and reach out to help other people navigate better, like Lewis and Clark. We'll get into this more in a few minutes, but keep in mind as we go through this, creative leaders champion excellence in their field through their own creative expression and through their investment in their community. So for most of this podcast, we're going to go through character traits of creative leaders. What are the things that define what a creative leader looks like? The first trait of a creative leader is that they are aware. So this means they're aware of themselves and they're also aware of their impacts on other people. The important thing to keep in mind as a creative leader is to be aware of the difference between being self-aware and being self-absorbed. Self-awareness means that you recognize what's going on inside yourself. You understand your needs, you understand your desires, you understand how to keep your own boundaries, but you're also very aware of the way that you influence other people. Because as a creative leader, you have an influential level of skill and position, and you have to recognize that you're not in a bubble by yourself. Everything you do connects to somebody else, and from your current position, it can be a very influential connection. So you need to be aware of the way that your actions affect the broader community. So being self-aware isn't just myopically looking at your own stuff, but it's also about knowing what's going on in you, and understanding how what's happening to you can affect the broader community. Something else that being aware as a creative leader does is it makes you pay attention to the context and the power of your work. So this means that you recognize the context that you're putting your work into, and you pay attention to whether or not what you're putting out is actually appropriate for that context. Now, we're not really encouraging censorship per se here, But we are encouraging you to be careful about putting subject matter out there that maybe is wrong for the audience you're handing it to. Maybe it's wrong because of age or because of cultural situation or any number of factors that might make whatever work or creation you're about to put out there 
just not a good fit for the people you're giving it to. And this being aware of that and recognizing the context is really a matter of you respecting your audience as much as you respect your work so that you don't give them something that is going to be harmful for them inadvertently. You want to give them the best of your work and you want to give them the pieces of you that are actually going to bring them something good that's going to bless them. So one example of recognizing the context for your work is when you're dealing with painful topics, because there's a big difference between addressing a painful topic or issue in your work. That could be taking on something political, addressing something in your life that was really vulnerable or difficult, maybe a story from your backstory, or like I said, dealing with something culturally that's very hard. But there's a very big difference between addressing something painful and processing your own pain on top of other people in your creative work. Because when you address something painful, you raise questions. You may point out issues. You may even try to stimulate discomfort in people if that's what you're aiming to do in the sense of highlighting a painful issue. But what you don't want to do is dump your own unresolved internal problems onto someone else. That's that's not kind to your audience. That is not the work of a mature, self-aware, creative person. That's the work of someone who isn't self-aware enough to recognize when what's coming out of them is something that still needs to be sifted and honed so that it's ready to go before another person and not be harmful to them. Exactly. Exactly. The next trait of a creative leader is that they are vulnerable. A key to this is that creative leaders don't build a false image of themselves that they have to maintain. They are authentic. And I hesitate to use a word like authentic because I feel like it's such a buzzword in our culture and our society right now. And it can be so challenging with things like social media and our very curated image-driven world to be a creative leader that is influential and potentially an influencer in their world and in their field and to find the balance between appropriate context and being vulnerable. It's a very delicate balance to play. And there is a true mature place where you can be vulnerable in a way that is healing and normalizing and legitimizing to the struggles of the people around you. That's something that I think is really incredible about creative leaders. I think when you can share your places of struggle and victory that other creative superheroes are also going to encounter along their journey, you help normalize that for them. And you can say, oh yeah, I remember going through that. That was super hard for me too. Here are the things that I did to work through that. Because as human beings, most of us are on a similar journey and we all go through our own things, but there are things that are common to all of us that we're going to deal with. And the more you can be vulnerable and share the ways that you've learned and grown and gone along, the better you're going to be able to help the people in the community around you also be vulnerable and also be authentic to themselves and their stories. But like Sarah said, I think a key differentiator for me that I've noticed with creative leaders is that they're not sharing the stories that they're currently trying to figure out. Like they're not sharing the things that they're still in process on. They're sharing their processed past experiences that they already understand and have worked through. And the process of working those things out is done in their core community. Like we've talked about before, having your community, having your champions, having those people around you that support you. Creative leaders need that as much or more than anyone. 
you have to have your core team of people that you can go to with the hard, deep, not fully processed things in your life that will help you work through those. Those are not for the broader community. Those are not for the people you're influencing. But once you've gotten a handle on those, then vulnerability is a beautiful, incredible thing because it casts vision for people to move beyond their current state or their current moment. I love this quote by Brene Brown, who is the creative champion of all vulnerability people. (laughs) She basically has given a language to vulnerability in the world. And she said, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. That when you are willing to be vulnerable, when you're willing to be open and allow people to see you, that is the most creative, innovative place that you can be. And it opens up creativity and innovation in the community around you. Uh, We talked in previous episodes about shame and belonging and that, you know, shame is something that keeps so many people from accessing their creativity. And as a creative leader, you have the opportunity to create community and to speak words of belonging, words of your own vulnerability that, that communicate belonging to people that break that shame off of them that they may be carrying when they come into contact with you, which is a super powerful place to be as a creative leader that your story can impact other people's stories and bring them freedom. Part of what enables creative leaders to be vulnerable is that they're also humble. Now, this doesn't mean that creative leaders are doormats. It doesn't mean that they grovel at the feet of people greater than them. What humility actually means in this context is having a very healthy view of your own self-worth. That is the foundation for true humility for anyone, but in particular for a creative leader. This means that they know their value is not based on the success or the accolades that they receive or even on their gifts or their talents. They know that their value comes from who they are as individuals. So humility for them is actually a natural overflow of a secure creative identity. And what this enables them to do is to not only be served by other people in the creative community, but to serve as well. Because true humility is shown by being able to serve. So this means that you can actually put yourself into a low position without your self-worth being affected. It means that you can contribute to the community without needing your ego stroked because of it, without needing to be praised. In some cases, without even needing to be publicly recognized for what you're doing necessarily. Because you know that what you're doing is for the better good, and because it's not actually where you get your self-worth, it means that you can step in and serve and even serve without being seen in the process because you don't need the accolades in order to be there. But then on the flip side, it means that you can receive the accolades. It means that you can be recognized. It means that you can be honored for your work and for your contributions, but even that doesn't affect who you are. It doesn't affect your identity as a creative person, as an individual, or as a creative leader, because that is not where you draw your worth from. Your worth is not built on accolades. It's not built on recognition. It's not built on how many followers you have on Instagram, how many likes you get when you put up a post, how many people tell you that your writing on your blog is amazing, or that whatever creative endeavor you just took on is just the greatest thing they ever saw. Regardless of how many people say that or how few, you are secure in your identity and you're secure in your creativity. So you're actually able to walk confidently 
regardless of whether you are getting plenty or getting little when it comes to accolades. And the other thing that this humility does for you is it makes you teachable. It means that you can learn from the leaders of your past. It means that you can learn from the leaders around you now. And you learn by sometimes walking in the path of the leaders who championed you before, or even by becoming the kind of leader or champion you wish you could have had. So, you know, if you came from a bad background in your humility and in your secure self-worth, you can recognize that, you know what, I don't have to repeat the patterns that were perpetuated on me. I don't have to carry out the same hard things I went through. I can actually make the path better for the person coming behind me. Or if you had a really great experience, you can actually build on that legacy and perpetuate it out through the next creative generations that are coming up behind you. Another trait of creative leaders is that they are generous. Creative leaders recognize that the more they share, the more capacity they have to receive. The incredible thing about this type of abundance mindset is that it can be applied to all of your resources, time, opportunities, insights that you've learned along the way, connections or your network, favor that people show you, money that you accrue, community, any of these influential resources that you've built up over time, over your creative career. All of these resources that you've built up over your creative career can be part of the overflow of generosity out of your life as a creative leader. And it ties into what Sarah was talking about with humility a minute ago, because creative leaders recognize that the resources that they have don't actually come from them. They're not actually dependent on the leader to be something other than just who they are, because all of their resources truly flow from God's creative resources. And his resources and potential are limitless. They're infinite. And the recognition that we receive all of our creativity and all of our creative resources directly from him, that it's all a gift to us, makes this joyous generosity our natural overflow as we receive from him. It's like standing under a waterfall and being willing to give someone a cup of water when they ask you for a drink. Like, duh, you're going to have more than enough. You wouldn't be like, oh, no, I don't have enough of this waterfall to possibly give you a bucket. You got a whole waterfall crashing over your head. I actually was in Puerto Rico last year and I got to swim over and like stand under this rushing waterfall and it was incredible. And it's so powerful and so overflowing, you can't possibly contain it all. And that's what our creative well is like. That's what our creative resources are like. That is what these, this overflow of resources that you have from God is like. And the incredible thing that we've found with creativity is the more you use it, the larger your capacity to contain it becomes. The more you open yourself up the more you deal with your treasures and your traps and all the different things we've talked about. The less baggage you carry around, the more room you have for creativity. The more you exercise and prime the pump and dig deep into your creative well, it just creates more room for creativity to fill up. Lack of generosity is truly an orphan mindset. It's that belief that there is a pie with a limited number of slices. And if I have a pie and I give you a piece, then I'm truly missing out on something, that a a piece of something that I had that was finite, that was limited, is now gone, and I've then missed out. 
And it's totally the opposite of that. Not, it's totally the opposite of that. Not only do you have as many pies as you want, you freaking make the pies and you make good pies. When you aren't willing to share the pies that you're making, I mean, come on, you're a creative leader. You don't have enough space to eat all of the pie that you can make and it's good pie. So don't keep that locked away in you know your pantry for when you might need more inspiration. That's not how it works. Creativity, no matter where you are in your creative journey, creativity is not something that lasts for an infinite amount of time being stored in your closet for a rainy day. To quote another Brene Brown quote, she says, creativity is not benign. If you stuff it down inside of you to save it for later, it's either going to die or it's going to become something rancid, basically. And nobody wants, you know, two-week-old pie that you save for later. They want the fresh stuff that you're making for now. So share your incredible, wonderful pies because what ends up happening is that you build this wonderful, generous, thriving community around you of people who are also generous because they're learning from your example. And the opposite of that is isolation and a lack of community. And that's not what creative leadership is about. So give away your amazing, beautiful, wonderful pies, share them with the community around you. And that will be a step towards being a creative leader. Creative leaders are also grateful. So this kind of goes along with the generosity because it's really impossible to be generous in life if you're also not grateful for everything that's given to you. That orphan mindset that Emily was talking about, it works hand in hand with ingratitude and entitlement. So what it does is it tells you there's not enough, you have to hoard what you've been given, and you shouldn't be grateful for what you've got because it wasn't enough in the first place. So why should you be grateful for it? And it also tells you that you deserve more. So it keeps you in this vicious cycle of fear, lack, ingratitude, and entitlement. And if you live in that, that will keep you from really being able to walk fully as a creative leader because it keeps you trapped in a place where you can't ever receive well and then you can't give out well. If generosity is about how you give out, then gratitude is about how you receive. Because the grateful person, the person who intentionally practices gratitude, receives everything with an open hand as a gift. Because they recognize that you can't really make any of this happen for yourself anyway. You worked hard and you put in the time, but ultimately, God is the one that you got your creativity from. God is the one who has helped bring you into these situations where you could discover your creativity, where you could have fun and games, where you could take ownership of it, where you could rise to the occasion, and now where you can walk as a creative leader. Because he's been the one working all of that out ever since your beginning days in the backstory. So when you really sink into that place of recognizing that you've done all of this with him to begin with, then you recognize that everything that you've received, all the good things that have come in the process, you got from him. So it's all a gift. Everything is Christmas morning in this process because everything you're getting is gift. Even hard things can actually become a point of gratitude for a mature creative leader because they learn to see the beauty even in the difficult places. They learn to see the beauty in the the things that were challenging for them. Like case in point from my own life. 
When I started out in the design industry, the job I landed in, which is actually the job I'm still in now, was really hard. It was not what I expected coming right out of the gate from design school. Um, if there are interior designer, interior design majors listening to this podcast right now, I'm going to warn you guys. The world will not look like what you think it's going to look like when you come out of design school. There, yes, yes. <laughs> there are things called budgets and realities and bosses, and they are not like what you dreamed about in college. And that's okay. Actually, it's a good thing because it forces you to learn in a new way. It forces you to step up to the plate. And that's what happened to me. I was really forced to to deal with some challenges that were thrown at me, and I didn't like them. I was totally sitting in my little orphaned, entitlement, ingratitude, lack mindset, thinking, I don't have enough pie, and the pie I have doesn't taste good, and, and, and there, there's seeds in this pie, and I did not ask for a pie with seeds, and this pie was supposed to be nicer to me, and I, I totally acted like that. You can ask my mother. She got all of the tearful phone calls, okay? But then I started practicing gratitude. Courtesy of Emily, loaning me an amazing book by a woman named Ann Voskamp. It's called 1,000 Gifts. Pause this podcast and go get it right now. It will change your life. Because it totally upended mine. Because she talks about the power of intentionally practicing gratitude in the everyday aspects of your life. I mean, literally, you get a notebook and you start writing down from number one onward everything you can see from the smallest, most mundane things in your life, everything you can see to be grateful for. And you write it down and you do it faithfully and with great intention until eventually that gratitude becomes not just a discipline, but a mindset. It moves into a place where it becomes, we like to describe it as your gratitude glasses. It's the lens through which you see the world. And this doesn't make you a Pollyanna who only ever sees things as bright and rosy. It actually makes you someone who sees the the tough realities of life and the mundane realities of life and the things that aren't easy and the things from your story that were hard, but can recognize the good thing that's in it. It can, you know, if you are walking in that gratitude, you recognize the beauty and the gift that's in everything that comes into your life. And when a creative leader is doing this in maturity, they don't believe they're owed anything by anyone. But instead, they actually make a point to recognize the people who contribute to their successes. And they even extend gratitude where it's due. They extend it to people. They extend it to situations. They walk with grateful, open hearts, receiving everything as a gift that they don't necessarily deserve, but they get to receive anyway. And so they receive it with joy And then they're able to give it back out in that generosity that Emily was talking about. We're going to do something a little bit different with this particular episode and this stage in the creative superhero journey. Because creative leadership is the last stage, this would normally be our last episode of the season. But we had so much to say about creative leadership and walking in power to change the world that we decided to cut it into two parts. So this has been part one. And we're going to air part two next week with the rest of the traits of creative leaders and some actions. So there won't be any actions for this week, but they will be out next week with that very last episode. We are going to take a little break after next week and work on some really exciting new things coming up 
We would love to hear from you what you've thought about the podcast so far, what you would love to hear in the future, if there's any artists you would want to hear interviewed or any kind of questions you have that you would like to hear answered on the episodes or on the podcast, please let us know. So you can reach out to us uh, using hashtag UYCS podcast on social media or on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on our website, brightideascollective.com. Or you can listen to the podcast anywhere that you stream your podcasts. If you are using a streaming service, we would love it if you would leave us a review and subscribe. It makes sure that you never miss an episode and it helps other people find us. And we love hearing what you think. So we look forward to chatting with you next week for our very last episode of season one. And we'll talk to you next time.